defund the police and have more commun community involved uh, self-policing. And I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean exactly? Yeah. So you're gonna, you're gonna take out a professionally trained law enforcement organization from the community and replace them with what? A, a bunch of amateurs? I've talked that's, to these that's people. That's even less safe. If they actually want a social worker along with the cop in the car. That, like, that's, who's going to protect I'm, the social worker? I'm all, I'm all for, for trying that, but yeah. uh, I'll tell you that like, when people are under the influence of drugs, uh, no amount of um, social work is going to make that situation safer if they're on drugs because they're crazy. I, I myself have been attacked by a person that was on drugs. I got bit by a guy that was on drugs, you know? And um, there was no talking him down. How, how so. do you, how, so, I mean, with zero tolerance, um, I'm with you, and, and how do you feel about forced rehab, forced mental health care? Because, uh, I mean, you, you're, uh, you're living on the streets, you're defecating on the street. I know people that are, uh, living in San Francisco, uh, in, in natives, been here for a long time. They want to just get their hose out and spray down the people all off the block. I, I mean, you're, you're, you're just trashing up the streets. I'd love to make SF great again. What do you, what do you think about forced rehab and forced mental health care? I mean, we, we, we kind of have to. Here, yeah, here's okay. the way I look at it. There we go, yeah. We, we, here's the way I look at it. Okay. So, as a as an EMT, if there is a person that's having a medical emergency and they are uh, not mentally competent, like they can't answer who they are, where they are, what happened to them, or or what year, yes, yeah. they can't answer those four questions. Or if they're a kid under eighteen, they're going to the hospital, and that's not a choice. It's so you gotta do that anyway. It's, yeah, it's, we operate under the uh, the. Um, policy of implied consent like what would a normal person do in your situation they would want to go yeah. to the hospital if you have your arm if your arm is cut off and uh you know you're walking around in a daze not knowing anything and who you are and where you are and you say no nah, i'm good it's just a scratch you know <laughs> i'll i won't go to the hospital it's like no you're going to the hospital yeah i mean that is something uh, medical professionals do they we, we do it already in, in yeah. that situation yeah now if you're a person who is defecating on themselves uh walking around with your pants off on uh, division street yelling at cars and throwing rocks you're not windows, all there yeah what what is the difference really why do we let them with that person be to his own devices versus uh and not the person who uh, that had a medical emergency and is doing the same thing you know, that's, I mean, that's, that, that is, that is by doing that, basically it's, to me, it's the same as a person that's on the, uh, that, the railing of a Golden Gate Bridge about to jump off. That's where I do feel like the whole liberalism is a mental disorder because it's like, that's what the thought process is. And, uh, conservatives are supposed to, uh, we're, we're the bad guys, uh, because we don't, uh, we don't want them just to run around like that. I mean, I think it's more inhumane to... What's the thought process to go? It's it's inhumane to want to force. And no, it's inhumane to let these people just be like that. I mean, yeah, they're when it comes to freedom and their choice, uh, they don't even know their choice. At they don't the even time. know their choice. Yeah, and it's a uh, 
it's a condition, I think it's called anisognosia, or I don't know, the, I can't remember the word exactly how it is, but it's a condition that oh. sounds like that. It's the, the, the An- denial. Shows. Oh, okay. I may have said it wrong. Well, I mean, Google maybe just, will just lead yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, but it's a denial, basically, if I understand correctly, it's a denial that you have a problem even when you're having a, a very serious problem. And it's a condition of like drug addiction, of, uh, um, yeah, I think it's drug, drug addiction mainly. It's like you, got, you talk to a guy who's got sores all over his body, who's yeah. doing meth and fentanyl and heroin, and he's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. It's like, no, you're not okay. Your leg's about to fall off. Yeah. You're gangrene. I, yeah, I think the you're difference... You're not okay. You know, I mean, so, I, yeah, I haven't been very good talking to police when I get pulled over. I think that is maybe a, a reason that I, I've, I've had some, some issues. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you, you don't have to treat these people like, like the criminals, not just just yeah, put them in a in a place, force them in their it, into a. They do do we we don't have a place for them right right now, right? I mean, I f- I feel like there's so many when when there comes with solutions, the reason things don't get accomplished is because uh, is there, there the plan costs money, and then when the plan when it comes down to act, they're like, hey, well. We already exchanged the money all and the politics. Is what yeah, it is. I mean, and people. when it it ends, it's like, well, we got no solution now. We already shook hands and exchanged the money with. Yeah, you know. and you have people who are very much against uh, the idea of forced treatment and uh, and all yeah. that because it's like, well, you're going to violate their civil rights. It's like this person right now is going to die. You know, drug drug users will die if you don't intervene, and. Uh, I've seen it. I, the show I, I so for uh, about five years I was in the Tenderloin at the Oddfellows, and uh, right in front of the door, I've seen at least two people die. And right in front of the door, I've had like walk over their body and I was like, oh crap, did that person just die? Yeah. Uh, and I'm just not sure because some of them just look dead, mm-hmm. and they, and they tweak out for a little bit, and they wake right on up. Yeah, and I it's mean, a very very chilling feeling to to see that. Like, yeah, to see. And it's a, somebody to see who that was alive you, moments before and is now dead. And if you could be desensitized to that, it's not good either. No. Uh, I mean, how, how is it okay just to let all these people... I mean, I, and you see the people that move out here just run by all this stuff and it becomes a normal thing. Yeah. And, and now when... Well, now... when I, Actually, I was still out there uh, doing the show during uh, the riots and all that. And... Yeah, now, so I've always seen all the, well, I'm talking about uh, 7th Street. So, I mean, it's not as bad as 6th, but uh, I see all the craziness and naked people, even chasing chasing women with their penises out and, uh, you know, tweaking up with the needles still in there, just hanging. You see all the crazy stuff, defecating, and, and then, uh, well, now uh, you had the riots, so you still had those people, but now you got nothing existing on Market Street anymore because... Because they just bashed all the windows, and then, and then there was a the COVID, and then well, smashing grabs. But so the riot with the smashing grabs, because we had, uh, you know, during um, uh, the, the pandemic, there was the the we had the, the riots out here, mm-hmm. and and then uh, now we already have the smashing grabs never stopped. No, I never stopped. And, and so no, businesses don't even exist on Market Street anymore. No, it is. It's it's bad. And the thing is. Um, our our industry, our our economy is a tourist economy. That's and and you know Silicon Valley too. There's a little bit of bleed over from that. But yeah, 
The fact is, if uh, people see these images all across the country, they do. You know, on Fox News or CNN News or MSNBC or whatever it is, and their idea of San Francisco is what they see on the news. And if they see the the, the drug users sprawled all across the subway BART station and all the smash and grabs and all that stuff, they're not going to come here. And we're going to be losing a, a, a ton of money. Oh, yeah. That means I, reduced services, reduced uh, everything. I don't know. You've been to Fisherman's Wharf. Last time I was there, though, I, after all the craziness, I thought I used to drive by. Ain't nobody trying to go out there. It, it, it looks like it's, it's been dead for a while. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, but I remember back in the day, I mean, it's always been craziness out here, but it was, it, it was fun crazy. Let's go to the city. It's craziness. You know, you see the Bush guy. Yeah, the Bush guy. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I mean, yeah, it was, it was wild and it, it, it seemed like it, it, it were, it, you could say, hey, that, that's a tourist tourist over there you, you look at this camera look, look at the way they're dressed mm -hmm. people don't want to come here anymore it, it became uh california's that fun place to go and now it's the place people don't want to go no and it's not it's and, not just like uh san francisco it's uh, los angeles it's oh yeah sacramento it's san diego up and down the entire california it's it's become very uh i mean people are leaving california you know, we've actually, we've been a state ever since uh, 1850, and every year we've had population growth. But these last few years was the first time in our history where we actually lost people. More people used to live in California in 2019 or 2018 than now. That's, that's, a, that's a big thing, you know? Yeah. So... I mean, I mean we're, we're joining the, the ranks of the Rust Belt states. Hey, with the, the whole... Uh mandate there was a the way they uh we handled the pandemic was horrible yeah like, i already know what we we've been through and uh the costs going up and you always want to shut it all down like yeah that makes no sense that's that's like uh i mean looking back on it um when the pandemic first came around there was a lot of unknowns about it so maybe that was the prudent course of action at that time but the more we learned about it uh when we learned about the covid disease yeah i felt like we could have undid some of those things of uh, those uh you know uh, shutdowns we did like they were shutting down playgrounds they were shutting down beaches it's like that's actually the best place to be outside not congregated inside indoors we are extremely you know we stop being so Soft. I, I mean, uh, I remember when he, we had tsunami out here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who who got hurt? Uh, nobody. I mean, maybe if you're Pacifica and you realize, dang, this place probably shouldn't have been built this way, uh, to where I could just be washed away by these little waves. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I was out there during both tsunamis, <laughs> and it's like. What is happening here? Nothing, really. I mean, why is it? I feel like we're the place that every, everyone probably looks at and goes, what are they complaining about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have it a lot worse. So there, there's a, uh, I don't know, I'm going to screw this up, but it's something like... There we go. Okay. Uh, uh, 
Adversity leads to hard work. Hard work leads to success. Success success leads to extravagance. Extravagance leads to laziness and complacency. And laziness and complacency lead to uh, um, worse situations and adversity. And then adversity leads to hard work. It all goes in the cycle. We, we don't reward hard work, do we? Uh, I don't think we do. I mean, with the uh, the whole the school board thing and you know the Lowell getting rid of merit based admissions, you know, it's like let's be real. Uh, some students are more gifted than others, and they should have a place to go where they can challenge each other. Maybe not, not everyone's uh, strong points are in you know academics. Maybe some. Students' strong points are more in, you know, mechanics or, or like the trades. Those are great jobs as well. Right. I mean, I've talked to people who work in the trades, and they're saying we need welders, we need carpenters, uh, we need cement masons, elevator mechanics, electricians. We can't hire enough because everybody wants to go to college and get a, a liberal arts degree, as if that's the key to success. But the thing is. Education doesn't need to come in the form of a college degree. It can come in the form of a uh, completion of a four-year apprenticeship. Yeah. And, and those are great skills to have as well. You know, I, I worked in the trades myself. And, uh, you know, being a welder, if you can weld, I mean, you're never going to be out of work again. No, I mean, there's always a, uh, there's always a place for the, the trade skills. Every single uh, trade, plumbing, uh, welding, yeah. pipe fitter, yeah. there's always a use for that. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. But I think we've kind of had this idea that that's beneath, you know, some people. Like, oh, that's beneath me. I'm, you know, I'm, well, I'm, is, I'm a better person than that. It is well, out here. Let me answer this. Let me let me ask this question to those people: Is like, if you are living paycheck to paycheck, uh, you know, struggling, making ends meet, uh, and you have a degree in, uh, you know, sociology. Uh, versus the electrician without a college degree who owns his own home and truck and is making mortgage payments. I mean, who's really doing better? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, the places people are moving to seem like there's more uh, that kind of mindset. I mean, because who is paycheck to pay, paycheck out here but the people that are uh, working hard? Uh, I mean, it seems like... Less work, the more you're rewarded. I, I just don't understand the mindset. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, medical. I, I realize lately it seems like you're... It's like, dang, why do I work? Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, the medical benefits are pretty good. Then I'm like, wait, so I got to work a certain amount of hours to keep the medical benefits... What about the other guys that aren't working at all? Are they, uh, I mean, it, it seems like if you don't work at all, you don't have to fit a certain amount of hours to keep your bed. Like, if I just make less than a certain amount of hours during a, a certain month, I just get stripped of my medical benefits. Yeah. But the other people that don't work at all, there's no having to work a certain amount of hours, and it's not bad benefits for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the house too. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think there's a. Uh, <clears throat> so somebody once said, I don't, I don't know who this was. I, I hear all these quotes. I never remember who said them, and I probably even butcher all these quotes. But poverty Go shouldn't be comfortable. You know, it's not meant to be comfortable. No. Yeah. Poverty uh, sucks uh, for a reason because you're poor, and you should try to get out of it. 
Yeah. You know, and and have the 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 you know a, a good house and you know medical benefits and and uh, you know all the other things, F- and food and being able to have a little bit of extra spending money to go play on the weekends. You know that that's what people should be, uh, you know, hope, hoping for, striving for. But if you make uh, poverty comfortable, where's the desire to get out of it, and what is how does that affect? Uh, everybody else and the rest of society. If you have a people who just hope it, you know, a bunch of people who don't yeah, want to work. I have, I have never been, uh, yeah, I've, I've tried my whole life. I don't know, I never, haven't made it to be rich or anything, but, you know, uh, that's what I know is working hard. And I think the thing that does make you a little jealous when you see uh, all these handouts, other people uh, getting that don't work. Yeah, and get rewarded. I, I mean, uh, well, I ring people up in my store. Uh, like, man, why work? Like, shut up, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Just, why work? Right. That, that's the mindset. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and just, yeah, just, yeah. And then I do feel like, why, why work? Yeah. I- that's a very. Uh, I mean, we got we have so many resources out here, which is great. Yeah. So okay, yeah, I guess that's what I where I was getting because I I lived on on the streets. I, I seen the resources, but I never never took uh, uh, I never grabbed the handouts. It's just grab the resources mm-hmm. that you get from the connections I, I I've made. But the crazy thing is, there are so many resources. I know it from living that life, and then the handouts. Mm-hmm. Like, that just don't make sense. I mean, there's all these great food kitchens, food banks. If you want help, you can go get it. I think it makes people not want to go get it. Oh, when it's like, well, I could just wait here and get my hand out. And why get up and get the resources of the community, people in the community trying to help me? Yeah. And instead, I could get that, uh, and what the government's going to give me, that, that big page to pay out. Right. Well, you know, it's like uh, Kennedy said, like, ask not what you can, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. You know, and if you have a, and I try to like li- live that here in a local sense. Is like, what what can I do for San Francisco? What can we all do for San Francisco? Not what what can it do yeah. for me? And I think that's kind of been a big shift in the way people's mindsets have been. Is like, you know, I come. Here to San Francisco, I deserve this. I do. Yeah, what that. the hell? It it is hilarious. Uh, well, kind of sad. Uh, see the people that are uh, sticking it to the man. You know, screw America, anti-American. You know, look at the the man. You know, he. Just, who, who is the man? Uh, the man doesn't exist. The man yeah. is nobody, but everybody. It's in, it's you know, in, it's it's, it's like, in your head in a, a way. way to like, he was blame uh, I mean, to it, nobody at all. You stick it to the man, you know, and, and you you feel like, uh, well, uh, America, you know, uh, racist America. America just wants to take this or take that, but you're taking because the, most of those people that talk that way, yeah, don't have a regular job and are getting that that payout from. Well, no, I'm, I'm going to say America. this about United States: is uh, we are the most diverse country. In the world, we are probably one of the first. I don't think there's ever been a country in history of the world that's been as multicultural and multiracial and, as us. And I, I like that in a way because I don't need to go to another country. I'm like, okay, I want to go Italy. It's right down North Beach, right, San Francisco, or 
yeah. Japantown. Or, I mean, you literally have uh, uh, Chinatown. I live right next to Mexico, Redwood City on the 80th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, doubtful there's going, doubtless there's going to be some growing pains when you have a bunch of different people from around the world living together in one, one place. It's not going to be easy. Uh, but the con is, let's say, you know, like try, try being like a, a, a Chinese person in Japan. Try being a black person in Korea. You know, yeah. try being multiracial anywhere else in the world and see how that goes. Uh, yeah, I see what you're getting. And that's, it's so weird that people say how bad we are here. And, and yet, have you seen it other places? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I will say this is like, you know, America is, uh, United States is, uh, is where I was born. It's from where my family is from where they grew up and yeah. my, my grandparents immigrated here in 52 from Ecuador. So, uh, I'm not going to go anywhere else. Where else am I going to go? You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> this is my, this is my home and my, uh, America is my family, my friends, my next door neighbors and everybody else in the city, the state, the country. So if you say, Oh, America sucks. It's like, you're kind of saying that you're, you're a part of that. You're making it suck. Yeah, you're a part of that, too. I don't think of America as our politicians, really. Uh, No. It's just a bunch of people together living in one place. Yeah, when I say America, I do think of the great things we have. Mm -hmm. We have the great cultures out here. Diversity has become such a bad word. I don't know. Diversity of uh, thought has become a bad word. Yeah. Diversity in the way that you can exploit it for your own social justice cause is good, I guess. But yeah, equity and diversity are all the two big buzzwords. I mean, freedom, freedom to be like the things we're talking about. Freedom, freedom to have all these, I hate America thoughts. Freedom yeah. to, uh, like people, people always talk about like flag burning. We should ban flag burning. I don't think we should ban flag burning. We shouldn't do that. No. Yeah. That's your freedom of speech. I think I don't like it, but Freedom of speech is not here to defend speech I like. It's here to defend speech I don't like. All right, we got Jack, Jacqueline McGowan on the phone. Wait, are you there? Okay. Are you there? Hello, everyone. Oh yeah, there, there she is. It's the the guest you heard about there. Hi, right, Stephen. Uh, we got Stephen Pinto in the yes, in the building here. Martin, Martin Pinto. Steve uh, Martin. Steve, Pinto. Okay. Yeah. Steve Martin. Yeah, Martin, right. Martin Pinto. Yeah. Wait. Okay. You re- represent. Hey, uh, Jacqueline. Uh, you. Uh, you were going to be our governor at one time, right, California? <laughs> I did run for governor at one time. And uh, so you were, so you're a Democrat. Correct. So, uh, so, yeah, so that's that's one reason I asked. I, so there was a difference. You're not actually, you weren't actually running against. You, you were uh, just in case he got recalled. I was running as a backup option. There we go. Got recalled. And what was uh, so? What what made you want to run? And uh, so as a and as a backup. Whoa. Well, I was a I I still am a cannabis policy advisor in Hell the state yeah, of California. Right. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Uh, cannabis. Yeah, that's, that's why we brought out the brownies today. <laughs> um, over the summer, I was getting calls about. Uh, a significant increase in suicides in the licensed market due to the fact that the market was starting to fall apart. 
You, you said, um, okay. So and uh, and on July 3rd, I got a call, and it was this time it was personal, and it was a friend. And on July 4th, I decided that I was going to throw my hat in the race. Um, at first, I looked at it as just a cheap microphone to exploit, to cry for help for the, ca the cannabis industry. Um, and I soon realized after, you know, uh, I ended up qualifying in 12 days, and I thought that that was a Herculean task. Um, and, and then I had to keep going, and I had to cram a two-year campaign into 60 days. Um, so it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. But the, the cannabis plant was definitely inspiring me all along the way. Um, and uh, I unintentionally, in 12 days, submitted when the deadline was 5 o'clock. Um, and I had multiple drop zones that day. I unintentionally submitted at 420. <laughs> I couldn't have tried to make that happen, you know. And then um, after cramming the, a two-year campaign into, you know, that short timeline 60 days later, I went to the polls to vote for myself, and I got and I had been in three cities and traveled 250 miles that day, and I unintentionally went to vote for myself and got there at 4:20. Uh, I then ended uh, with 215,000 votes uh, in seventh place, but 215 is significant because Prop 215 is the medical law that started this entire national movement. Um, so I, re I really feel like the the cannabis plant was divinely inspiring my race and um, I'm now uh, taking that success and I'm running for Congress in Illinois. Yeah, that the cannabis definitely would help for California. Um, I, I don't know about it. So how is it out there? Is cannabis still, it's illegal out there, right? In Illinois, no, it's, okay. uh, it's legal for recreational just like California. Um, but I'm, I'm just trying to get to the federal table to make sure that they don't screw up federal legalization is as badly as they have, like, statewide legalization. That, that can be tricky, yeah. Uh, I mean, could, someone could still get busted for something to do with marijuana still, right? That is not, cause not legal on both sides. Well, um, federal law, you know, prohibits us from getting banking. Um, it, uh, it makes it very unclear as to whether or not you can carry a gun permit legally and, and smoke weed. Um, there's just a, there's still a lot of federal conflicts that have got to be fixed, and 280E is probably the, the the biggest issue. That's a tax law that taxes cannabis businesses at the federal level, like they are cartels and running you know international drug rings. So um, that tax is is significantly impacting the the market. And if we were to eliminate that or at least reform it. You know, it would give a lot of these operators in California some breathing room, as well as give the operators in you know every state that's operating some breathing room. Yeah, I have friends that. Well, I, I think maybe that's how I got directed to you. So I, I have a friend that's still. Well, that's in prison for marijuana. How, how are these people still doing that's, time for marijuana? Again, because of the conflict, yeah, between federal and and, and state laws and. Those 40,000, we believe there's 40,000 nonviolent cannabis criminals that are still behind bars across the country. And that would be uh, a bill that I will introduce immediately upon taking my seat in Congress um, so that it doesn't get tied into some other bill and killed for some other reason. Yeah. That needs to be separate legislation and it needs to be fixed immediately. Yeah, because a lot changes. So the people locked up for that certain thing should be out. Mm -hmm. For sure. So why uh, why Illinois? 
And you, you, you moved. You I did. Um, there's a few reasons, but uh, my entire family is from Illinois. And uh, I okay. lived out here uh, in my 20s. It's where I got my start on Wall Street. Um, and so this is where my roots are. Um, you know, after, after running for governor in California, I realized that it was time to take the experience and everything that I learned and to come home and try and make it better for my family. Yeah, I saw, so, yeah, too bad you didn't make it, because I could see you all over the place. Uh, I'm, I, I'm more conservative, yeah, uh, Stevie, yeah, we're more, we're both more conservative, and, uh, and I, I looked you up, it's like, wait, what the heck? Uh, Larry Elder was giving you beef, it, it looked like. <laughs> was, was how I got accosted by Larry Elder's security in a uh, Baptist church. <laughs> This wasn't at Westboro, was it? No, it was okay, in. Uh, not the oh. It was down south, uh, near yeah, LA. Go for it. What is your, uh, I guess, vision in with regard to uh, marijuana legislation in uh, like twenty years? What, what, how, how do you see people? Years. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm. I'm let, let's say that uh, marijuana becomes legal federally and at the state level. What is your? How do you see people consuming marijuana? Um, will it be will it be just like go down to the corner store and buy like a, like cigarettes or or I guess like yeah yeah how how do you see people uh, um, you know using marijuana in in the future um, I, same I as mean, now or it, it all depends on um, you know local and state regulations really I mean look at you know California. Mm -hmm. You, you can go to San Francisco and you can go to a consumption lounge and then, you know, drive an hour, you know, to the east and go to Santa Clara and, and be very, and, and only find one city inside of that, um, that county that, that has access and they don't have consumption lounges. Like, so it's, you know, it's, I'm not sure when we're going to stop regulating this like it's a nuclear, uh, plant, yeah. but, uh, you know, I think that, Overall, there's going to be more access. There's going to be more people using it. There's going to be more ways to consume it, you know, and it'll continue to evolve, whether mm -hmm. it's legal or not. Like, there's innovation in this market, and, you know, if, if we try and hamper that, then it just goes to the illicit market, and, and you know, nobody benefits that way. Right. Because hey, marijuana will not kill you. I think that's the point there. Um, so, it, I mean, less than alcohol. I mean, it, but I think it was just a tax issue. Yes, right. We're still fighting reefer madness in in several, you know, parts of this country, and and that could be a lot. That that could be the reason why we have seventy five percent of the state that doesn't have access in California. Um, you know, it's it's a myth that California is a blue state. It is a very uh, red state with blue cities inside of it. Mm. And those conservatives, for some reason, you know, are very anti-marijuana, even though there's just so many that, that smoke it, you know. It just seems to be the the, um, the politicians that are, are opposed to it, not like uh, consumers, because this is an issue that is pulling really well amongst everyone. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not too familiar with the history of marijuana, but like, uh, if it's if it's so harmless, how did it become illegal and so stigmatized? 
relative to like campaign, to nicotine uh, or alcohol. Really, it, a reefer madness campaign, um, and a movie made, and yeah, movie, they yeah. you know thought that uh, this was something that you know made Mexicans and and black people rape white women. It was it was bonkers. Yeah, I seen the um, movie there. Let's check <laughs> it out. I've heard. Yeah, okay. I've seen parts yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. So now you know. There needs to be a whole campaign to try and undo that, but uh, without it legal federally, you know, we have a hard time getting commercials done. We have a hard time advertising on social media. Uh, you know, even in California, you can't advertise on a billboard that crosses an interstate, uh, and that's an interstate uh, freeway. Um, so if it touches the border of anything, you know, any other state, you can't advertise on it. So there's just all these ways in which we're prohibited from even re- Yeah, I, I do think uh, we need to uh, we need to legal legalize lock of people up for for drugs. I mean, uh, we need to be able to combat uh, the mean, reefer madness and the yeah. you know ancient thought that cannabis is a gateway drug. But yeah. That was actually pretty brilliant marketing. Whoever decided to come up with that, because that has been such a stumbling block it is weird, um, yeah. and it still is and it's it's a conversation that you're going to have to have over and over again with people that aren't edu- aren't educated um and so i'd rather call it an exit drug you know than a gateway drug yeah i don't even um, think it my, gets along with other drugs <laughs> um and what you know my my greatest comeback you know to that uh notion is that you know senior citizens are the largest uh genre that mm. that's signing on to use cannabis in all these legal states like it's the newest growing you know, um, biggest demographic that's growing, right? And so if cannabis really was a gateway drug, then how come all these senior citizens aren't running around, you know, becoming meth addicts and heroin addicts and, you know, whatnot? <laughs> yeah. What, what I found happening. interesting <laughs> is, um, so uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm a firefighter and I went up to the, uh, uh, up to the fires up north in, uh, uh, near Weaverville and Trinity County and and all that, and there is a, a a crap ton of marijuana farms up there, all in those hills. I I had no idea. I mean, we're talking like acres and acres of marijuana plants all over the place. And which this is the the lesson that the government needs to learn is that you cannot if you cannot control demand, you cannot you you have to control supply, and. You know, all along, like Prop 64 um, didn't bring in the illicit market. It needed. It needs to lower the barriers to entry. It has to lower the taxes if it's going to compete with the illicit market. Um, there's there's an oversaturation of product in the market right now, and the price is down to you know 300 300 a pound in both the legal and the illegal market. And those two have never traded in sync before. Um, and so the that that glut. Should you know put a lot of these big grows out of business? You're, you're, we're starting to see a lot of the cultivators in the licensed industry go under. Um, but uh, the only way that you're going to ever take that market share with them is if you can create an even playing field. And so you want to stop seeing you know fires um, due to illegal cultivation. You want to stop seeing all you know. Uh, you want to stop seeing our environment destroyed by illegal cultivation. Then we have to have parity with the illegal market. Yeah, and that's one of my one of my big concerns is uh, you have a lot of illegal uh, growers who are 
tapping into uh, creeks and natural habitats and, and doing some very damaging things. And uh, right. if we're going to be growing marijuana, we have to do it legitimately and safely with minimal impact to the environment. Yeah. <clears throat> so w w one thing that I've always, uh, like, it seems like there's been a slow progress towards the legal marijuana at the state level and, and within cities. How long do you think it'll be before mar uh, marijuana becomes legal at the federal level? What What is your aim? By what year do you hope to have it legal by? Uh, you know, in order in order to to really um, assess that, you'd have to be able to look into a crystal ball and see when the Republicans and the Democrats are ever going to come back together again. Because, you know, the, there's enough votes for it. There's not enough uh, unison between parties. Um, nobody wants to work together right now, and, and we keep fighting over you know the, the past. <laughs> yeah. Um, while, you know, going through a pandemic and pointing fingers at both sides as to who got it right, who got it wrong. And I'm so over all of it. You know, that's why my, the motto of my new campaign is, is people over party. We've got to start, you know, you have to start coming together. That's what um, we're all about. So yeah. Without, with, without being able to see a way for us to come together, because I don't, um, it's really hard to try and guess when, uh, when the feds are, are going to get this together. But there's also, yeah. you know, like I mentioned, we need 280E reform. 280E is a tax that collects from both the legal and the illegal markets all across the country. That number is very rarely even disclosed as to how much it is, and it's significant. Hmm. And so that could be the, the true stumbling block that we're facing, um, but we don't even really know, you know. But without, like, the ability to come together and pass anything right now, you know, like, when does that end? Two years from now? Four years? Ten years? Like, I don't know. You know, and so that's a big yeah. factor in in where we go as an industry. That's why I need to get to the table because I'm ready to go talk to both sides. I've worked with both sides at the local level in California for seven years. I can speak to both Republicans and Democrats when it comes to this issue. And, and this issue needs to be, you know, we need a champion for it. We haven't had one. We keep trying to train career politicians to be our parents. And that isn't working out for us very well. Well, you see, you see that now. Uh, it's more than just politicians. It's uh, as you see, everyone's got a voice now, which is good. But yeah, people, people just saying everything that's on their mind. So you can tell people are getting more fed up now. People looking at more. There's people speaking from both sides. Okay, we got our Joe Rogans and Bill Mars, but, but then you get, get the other side, like uh, the Whoopies and all. Yeah, there you go. Uh, if you want to say something there? Yeah, yeah uh, I guess. What What are the, you know, in your uh, career, what are some of the most common misconceptions about marijuana that you've encountered, and what are some of the reasons that people still don't want to legalize marijuana? I mean, it can't all be just from the movie Reefer Badness. What What else is there that are, people are? It's the gateway drug. Um, so many, so many of the older generation that I would work with at the local level when getting ordinances passed, the, the mindset, like I, I had a Republican that was almost always my swing vote to get an ordinance passed at the local level. And, um, and he was 90 years old and he was, you know, he would vote yes for me when I made it about jobs and bringing, you know, manufacturing it into his area and tax revenue and, you know, these types of things. But as far as uh, a substance, 
he absolutely 100% believed that it was a gateway drug, and I could not ever change his mind. Hmm. It is a gateway drug to more cookies. <laughs> if, if I want to eat something, I'll... So yeah. that, that was really the biggest one. Um, there was there was always, in, in these different areas that I would work in, um, sometimes there was a religious faction that uh, I, I remember going to, to one uh, county supervisor meeting and got there and there was a prayer circle going on and there was a, a preacher that was leading the prayer circle and it, they were all praying that God restored their county back to a banned county. Um, and it, it was bizarre, you know, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say to that because I don't have Bible quotes ready. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't remember God saying much about against uh But there were, there were a few of those. I mean, comical. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a Christian and uh, I think uh, it's, it's a guy doesn't want you overdoing things. I mean, there was wine. It just wasn't get drunk. I mean, I think that's the whole point there. It's weird. It's weird that you like that you were all about more jobs, but no on this. Uh, it's just. Well, you have to know your audience. And so. Um, there are certain, you know, issues that, that uh, Republicans and, and Democrats can absolutely agree on. And, um, and you try to find that common ground, especially when you're working at the local level on policy on any, in any way. <clears throat> you try to find the common ground in order to get what you need passed. Um, so that was an issue that spoke to, you know, to both sides. Um, and, and, and then everybody always wants the tax revenue. Uh, not right. much tax revenue to be had anymore. The state of California just revised their numbers down from $1.3 in tax revenue in 2021. Um, they're only anticipating $787 million in 2022. And that's a, that's a significant reduction, and we haven't seen a reduction since the legal market started. So um, that has to be in anticipation of a lot of cultivators going out of business. Um, and an oversaturation of the product. The lower the product is, the less tax revenue the government's going to get. I know a lot of states have legalized uh, recreational uh, marijuana. I think Colorado did it, and I believe Washington did also, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it's been like an experiment for a lot of states. Uh, where do you think the experiment in legalization of marijuana has worked well, and where do you think it's kind of failed and what are some of the differences between states that have legalized marijuana like in the way they uh you know did that that made them made some more successful than others oh you think which states have gotten it right and which ones have gotten it wrong yeah oh we if you would have asked me that question uh you know a year or two ago i would have told you oklahoma got it right hands down Really? Um, Oklahoma has a free market, very low cost uh, and, and low barriers to entry um, to, to get a license and unlimited licenses. Like, you know, zoning's pretty simple. Like, they just let the market go wild there. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. And what, you know, without uh, a real strict enforcement of uh, who's licensed and who's not, there's a lot who aren't. And, and it attracted international cartels to Oklahoma that started trafficking in people and and that problem is not getting any better like, really? and and the price of, of weed has you know has plummeted um, thankfully the consumer is benefiting from that out there like I think you can get a gram for four dollars Wow 
you know, so it's, it's, and it's just a medical market. Uh, I don't even think they have a tax. That could be another reason as to why, uh, you know, it's as cheap as it is. But um, they've got some big problems on their on their hands now, and they're um, clashing with the rural agricultural community that has existed there because they're stealing labor from them, they're stealing water from them, they're, you know, um, stealing land from them. The price of land is going up. So there's there's a lot going on there and I don't know that any state has gotten it right yet. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's still experimenting, you know? Right. Um, but we're we're at a point where thirty seven states have some sort of medical access or at least a medical law on the books even if access is a joke. Um, and so that's right about the same time that I think gay marriage passed, you know? So we we should be close. Like the issues there, it's, we have enough support for it, but we're so, you know, we're so divided. Yeah. How can we come together? And I mean, uh, you, I mean see, when you, I think about what brings us all together, I love, you know, <laughs> being at a concert, hearing some music, you know, smoking some weed together, like, you don't look around a concert and think, is that a Republican? Is that a Democrat? Is that an independent? You know what I mean? You don't look at the unless stuff until you do. Unless, there's, unless, unless everyone's got their pins on. That's why I don't join in a lot of protests, because I know what I have prob- I'd have problems. <laughs> because I notice everyone's got different pins on, yeah. and then I would mm-hmm. g- get angry at someone. Uh, Everybody lights up at a concert, too. But a concert. See, I never have a problem like that at a something that's a concert. Yeah. Anecdotally, yeah. I've heard even at Neil Diamond concerts, they, they light up. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when that one song comes on with that uh, commercial with the guinea pigs in it. <laughs> mm. That might have been hamsters. Yeah, but look at this right here. I mean, uh, we're more conservative so, in the studio. The You're a Democrat, so this is this is nice. Mm-hmm. We got that. So California went the went the opposite way of what uh, Oklahoma did, and and yeah. it has just as many problems. So that's why I can't really say that anybody's gotten it right. New York is getting going. Um, it, who knows? You know, there's still they still haven't even released uh, the regulations on it. So who you know, it's too soon to say who's gotten it right, and who's gotten it wrong. Really, so Oklahoma had it right though, in, in a way. Right? I thought they did. You know, but they've got uh, some big problems on their hands. But that those problems could just simply be because it's still federally illegal. You know, but we we're not we're not doing a good job in this country of satisfying the demand that's there. That's why there's this gap, and that's why it's still profitable. You know, to people that want to break the law. Hmm. All this law breaking, and uh, there is, see you on the cannabis uh, and. and People didn't even want to put shine on the jobs, which, I mean, I would, you have my vote there, like cannabis, whether I'm with you or against it, I mean, that issue, but hey, look at these jobs. I don't smoke, okay, who cares, I'm getting jobs. How do you feel on the, uh, the guns? I mean, uh, the, the, like, okay, how do you feel on crime? What were your views on that? Um, I mean, I've never had so many friends that have had to protect their, their cannabis businesses than, mm. you know, I have in, during the last two years. You know, I've, 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 countless, I've heard countless stories of, of people who, who are they protecting them from? Their, yeah. their businesses with AK-47s trying to protect their businesses from, you know, whether they're in a jurisdiction that has law enforcement to as or back or not, you know, um, Oakland is pretty much up for grabs. And those guys just keep getting hit over and over again. Um, 
so how I how I feel about crime is I wish that the cops would treat us like normal businesses and you know go after cannabis thieves the same way that they would um, a jewelry thief. So you want safety, and that oh yeah, that should absolutely. be. I get nervous for my friends. That should be the know? way it is on both sides. It, uh, I, I I think I I know, but um, who who are. Uh, who are, what was the question there? Uh, the protect. Uh, yeah, I'm curious. Like, uh, who are they protecting these uh, pot farms from? Is it just uh, people who want uh, free weed, or or is there another group of people who are after? Oh, there. I mean, there's like so there's like a, a a roving gang that like you know runs through Oakland, hitting all the cannabis spots like over and over again, it's, and and it's pretty massive, um, like a caravan. And uh, and there are, there's a few they call them Jack Crews, um, and so there's a few that have been targeting a lot of the cannabis industry. Um, I you know I'd say it's mostly in Northern California, but I think that that's just because we don't get all of the news reported in LA. Right. I think it's pretty widespread that a lot of the cannabis industry is under attack at the moment, and uh, we're not allowed to legally carry guns. So they have to hire third-party security firms that are very expensive in order to protect their businesses. And um, you know, we should we should be able to have guns. We should be able to have our constitutional rights um, wow, respected like in that way. Right. Especially yeah. if you can't rely on the police to to you know depend, you can't depend on them to to protect you. Then we should be able to protect ourselves. You know. Yeah, I see a lot of uh, cannabis shops where there was a guy standing outside. And I, I always kind of wonder what that was. And um, yeah. I've been that guy. I, I've okay. been that guy. Uh, <laughs> it it well, actually it blew my mind the first time uh, because I didn't really know too much about cannabis before. And I had to do my walkthroughs. And it's kind of like the movies, you know, where I see the people in the back taking out the seeds and stems. It, it's, yeah, I've never had any issues with it. But yeah, I'm just standing around and walking around. But yeah, from. But I hear people get hit pretty often. Yeah. So um, how I feel about... I, I, I was assuming that you were asking me how I felt about crime in the Kansas space. As a, as a what? As a, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Sure well, I well, I mean, uh, yeah, that... Well, I, I think it all ties in with, with you know, what you're, you're talking about, about protecting businesses. It, it ties in, in in general. But yeah, so you think they exclude uh, cannabis businesses uh, when it comes to protection? They do. Okay. Uh, and well, they, I guess, I guess uh, being in California, I mean, why do you, why do you think that is? I, I guess because it seems more free out here. Um, why do you think they exclude? There's still uh, federal ambiguity as to whether or not our Second Amendment rights are, can be respected. So you, all across this country, you've got to make a decision. You know, if you're going to be a gun owner um, or a cannabis patient, because you're you're going to have to lie on some paperwork when you go to get a gun if you use cannabis. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't take that in consideration. Okay. So it's so they won't they won't allow us to legally have guns. And they, you know, even if, I, I would bet that California wouldn't let you have them, even if it was legal. But um, that's a big, you know, issue, and that's why California cannabis companies have to hire third-party security. Because it's a 
Because cannabis is a drug. That, that's why. It, you can't have <laughs> well, guns around drugs. Still, you know, well, at one point, it was pretty valuable crime. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Not so much right now. Uh, well, one, one common criticism I hear about uh, the legalization of pot is sometimes, or, or just pot in general, is like, you know, if you, if you get some uh, pot, you don't know what you're getting, you don't know what it's cut with, or if, you, uh, if you're driving under the influence of pot, how do we test for that and make sure you're not DUI? How do you address those concerns that people have? That makes sense, yeah. How do I what? How do you address those concerns that people have about pot? Like if it's, you know, some people are, you know, a common criticism about uh, pot is like, or the legalization of pot is you don't know what you're getting, you don't know what it's cut with, or if we legalize pot, how are you going to uh, test if somebody's driving under the influence of pot? And at what point does that become illegal? Like, you know, for example, if you have, if you're driving drunk, you can test for that. You know, if your blood alcohol level is above 0.08, you're, you're legally drunk. And then you can, you can go to jail for a, having a DUI. Sure. How do you I mean, do that I would, for, for, I would for pot? Argue that, I would argue that why do we need to test for pot when we don't test for opiates or... Uh, you know, um, amphetamines, legal prescription drugs, right? It should be treated the same way as that. Um, the reality is that most people that smoke weed, if they get too high, they know they're too high to drive. It's the opposite effect with alcohol. Hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I would only drive from a few minutes from my house. You know, if I if I overdose on on edibles, I know I've overdosed on edibles, and I know I'm not okay to get behind the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I can relate. <laughs> I in, in, yeah, edibles. I've taken a lot of those. 